Games moved, which means we have an opportunity to talk about the playoff race, some of the Sabres' competition to make the playoffs. Coming up here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Joe DiBiase from the uh, the Inner Sanctum. It is freezing out. It is a blizzard out. I just came in from shoveling, and hopefully you're staying safe. Hopefully you have power, and uh, hopefully you're able to get through a week without the Buffalo Sabres. They had a game scheduled for Friday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning at KeyBank Center. And that game, if you missed it earlier in the week, of course, you probably would know by now that that game was moved. Uh, that game was postponed due to inclement weather. Um, it is, it's a whiteout. I mean, nobody was ever driving to the arena. The idea that Tampa was coming here uh, with that forecast is insane. So the NHL did the right thing here. They got way out in front of it. Tampa wasn't far away. They were in Toronto. Um, so they were already out here, but just go home. Come back in March. We'll see. We'll see on March 4th. March 4th at 1230. It'll be a matinee game that uh, Tampa comes back for uh, when they play the Sabres in Buffalo March 4th. And we'll see what the state the playoff race might be in at that point. But stay indoors. Stay indoors. Don't go out. Don't drive. Don't do anything uh, for the next couple of days. Uh, So binge some podcasts. Binge some TV shows. Some movies. Just stay hunkered down. Uh, for the next 48 to 72 hours, depending on where you are at. Uh, we are going to take this opportunity as we are weeks or over a week uh, between games uh, to talk about the playoff race a little bit more and specifically look at the two teams that I believe are the biggest competition to the Buffalo Sabres and the wild card race the Washington Capitals, and the Florida Panthers. I believe those are the two teams that stand in the Sabres' way the most out of anybody that is going to be involved in what appears to be a five-team, maybe 16 playoff race for the final two wildcard spots in the Eastern Conference. So that's coming up in a little bit. Take a deep dive into Washington, what's going on with their season, their prospects for making the playoffs as they'll be competing with the Sabres, and Florida, a surprising season for Florida, a Stanley Cup contender from the last two seasons that have had disappointing results so far this year, how they compare to the Sabres, their prospects to make the playoffs as well. But we do have over a week between games. The Sabres played Monday night in Vegas and they were, because they were out West, they were going to have a couple of day break in the middle and then play Tampa on Friday night. That game gets postponed, which means they are not playing until Tuesday night against the, Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets back in Columbus, the site of Tage Thompson's five-goal game and the Sabres' nine-goal game. So that should be fun. Bad team, back on the road. It's went really well last time you played them. That'll be Tuesday night's game, the next time the Sabres are in action. So eight days, eight days of rest. I think that's probably a good thing. I saw some fans, you know, asking on YouTube, our YouTube channel about, in fact, the only question I think I really got on our YouTube channel in the last couple of days is, is the eight days good or bad? Is it, okay, 
The Sabres had a lot of momentum. They've won four games in a row. They've won seven of their last 10. Do we want to keep the momentum going and keep playing? Or is it good because of the rest that they're getting? I think it's more that. I think it's more about the rest, the Sabres being fresh. You know, we'll see if they can get anybody back from injury by that point. Ilya Labushkin maybe getting a little healthier. He might have rushed things back to get back in the lineup because the Sabres were so desperate for defensemen. Give Eric Comrie another week uh, to get closer to being back. I think it's probably a good thing uh, for the Sabres to get healthier, get fresher, bumps and bruises. It's kind of it's their bye week uh, in the in the early part of the season here in December. So I think it's more a good thing than a bad thing. I think they'll be fine coming out of the gates. Um, and again, it's Columbus. It's a, it's a pretty soft opponent. You know, don't want to take anybody lightly. It's the NHL. Anything can happen. But soft opponent in the Blue Jackets. And I would be as confident as ever the Sabres are going to win that game, whether or not they played on Friday or not against Tampa. And then, by the way, if you're not familiar with the Sabres schedule for next week, it'll be Columbus Tuesday night. And then back home, finally, Thursday, December 29th, hosting the Detroit Red Wings. That will be the Sabres' first home game since the 6-0 game against the Kings on December 13th. So they will go over two weeks without playing at home. Uh, And then Saturday night at the Boston Bruins, the first meeting of the season between the Sabres and the Kings of the Atlantic Division, which right now are the Boston Bruins. So that's what's coming your way uh, for the Sabres in the next little bit. We'll take a quick timeout here when we come back. Deep dives into the two teams I think are the Sabres' biggest competition to make the playoffs uh, this season. That is the Washington Capitals and the Florida Panthers. That's on the way next here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. We're brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis all season long. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season, the NBA. They got it all for you at betonline.net. We're always, they are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Jody Biasi back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. I want to talk about the two teams I believe are the biggest threat to the Sabres in the playoff race, Washington and Florida. We will start with the Washington Capitals. I will tell you this, though. Looking at the standings, an updated look with you know the Sabres being off for a couple of days and other teams around them playing, the Sabres will probably have games in hand on teams for a while here, a couple of months, at least a month, until that Philly game that was originally scheduled for March 4th where they moved the Tampa game to is played. That's a game they'll make up a little bit. I, I think we're going to be saying a lot here, hey, the Sabres are so-and-so points back. But they've got this amount of games in hand. I think we're going to be using the phrase games in hand a lot coming up here if uh, if I have the scheduling right in my head. And as of now, look at where the Sabres sit compared to the teams around them in the playoff race. Florida has played 34 games, but the Sabres played 32. So Sabres played 32 games. Florida's played 34. Detroit's played 32. Uh, the Islanders have played 34. The Capitals have played 35. The Rangers have played 35. They've got two or three games in hand on everybody except the Detroit Red Wings. So... As it stands today, the Sabres are tied in the standings with Florida at 34 points, but they have two games in hand. They have one point back of Detroit. They have played the same amount of games as the Red Wings. They are four points back of the Islanders, who are now out of a playoff spot, and the Sabres have uh, two games in hand on the Islanders, so they can make that up by winning those two games in hand. And then 
The team sitting in a playoff spot right now, the final wild card spot in the East, is the Washington Capitals. They have 40 points in 35 games. That is six points ahead of the Sabres, but the Sabres have three games in hand. Again, theoretically speaking, if the Sabres could win all three of those games in hand, they would be tied in the standings with the Capitals. So, what are the Capitals? For me, they are the second biggest threat to a playoff spot in the East for the Sabres. I actually think the Sabres outrank the Red Wings, and I think they outrank the New York Islanders. I don't believe they outrank the Washington Capitals at this point in time, especially with Washington having a six-point advantage, even if they only have, uh, or even if the Sabres have the three games in hand. And as it stands today, at our partners at Bet Online, the Sabres are plus 425 to make the playoffs. So about four to one to make the postseason. The Washington Capitals, meanwhile, are minus 105. About a 50-50 coin flip to make the postseason are the Capitals. And let's look at Washington, where they sit, what their prospects are. The Capitals, as of late, have been playing very well. They have won three games in a row after a very uh, up-and-down start to the season. They have won eight of their last ten, three in a row. Their season, though, is all about Ovechkin. And going forward, it will all be about Alexander Ovechkin and his chase for the goal record, his chase for Wayne Gretzky's goal record. He is now within 100 goals. He is going to get there. It's really, for me, now more a matter of when, not if, Ovechkin breaks that all-time record. And the Capitals' existence now is about that goal record. They have even said it. They have said it. They are not going to rebuild as long as Ovi is chasing down that record. That's what they care the most about. And I think that's fair. I think it's fair. They've got their cup. And sure, another one would be nice, but... Ovechkin breaking the goal record is something nobody else will ever do. People will win cups. Teams will win cups. Maybe not, you know, hopefully Buffalo one day. But that goal record is something crazy special. And I respect what the Capitals are doing, making everything about that. Now, a little bit about their roster. It's not your prototypical Capitals team. Your fun, young, speedy, offensive Washington Capitals from back in the day. Nicholas Backstrom being injured is a key difference there, and he's up there in years anyway. Right now, they're at a point where Alexander Ovechkin's line mates, it's maybe the most impressive thing about Ovechkin is that he has 20 goals in 35 games played at age 37, and his line mates right now are Dylan Strom at center and Connor Sherry on the right wing. Strom and Sherry are his line mates. That is brutal. That is a lack of depth. Now they have some decent players on the, on the other line with Anthony Mantha and Evgeny Kuznetsov, but the Capitals are old. They are painfully old. The Capitals are, I believe by age, the f- oldest team in hockey. They have 15 players over 30 years old. 15 players. For comparison's sake, I know the Sabres are the youngest team in hockey. Capitals have 15 players over 30. The Sabres have two and one of those is Craig Anderson, who is a goalie and is 41 years old, 42 years old. Uh, one key player that is really aged out for them, and I think you know someone they have really yet to replace, unless you want to count Mantha for that, which maybe you would want to, uh, TJ Oshie. It, it's over. TJ Oshie, I mean, he's still playing. You know, He's still playing bottom six minutes, and I'm sure maybe he's playing a defensive role for them. I'm not sure. Um, but Oshie is done. He is now 36 years old. 
five goals, six assists, 11 points in 22 games played. Not great numbers. Uh, so slow at this point in his career. Oshie has really aged out. You know, looking at some of their other key players that play a lot of minutes, just go down their ice time list. John Carlson at 33 years old. And he's still still a very offensive defenseman at the uh, at the very least. Uh, ice time leader. So Carlson at 33. Orlov is second. He's 31. Nick Jensen is third. He's 32. Uh, Alex Ovechkin is fourth. He is 37. Uh, Eric Gustafson is 30. Kuznetsov is 30. Trevor Van Riemsdyk is 31. Oshie, I mentioned, is 36. Marcus Johansson is playing minutes for them. He's 32. Uh, Mark uh, Lars Eller is playing minutes for them. He's 33. They're just so, so, so old. Now, how do they look in the advanced stats for this year? Their expected goals for is pretty good. Their expected goals for percentage, I should say, the amount of goals percentage-wise they should score versus their opponent. They are 13th in the NHL. Now, expected goals for total, how many goals they're expected to score on offense at 5-on-5, they are 10th. So they are more an offensive team than a defensive team. They are 18th in expected goals for against PDO. They're right down the middle, so they're not really getting unlucky. They're not really getting lucky. They're pretty much right in the middle of the league. And then... So their advanced numbers are pretty good. They're a, they're a fair they're above average, not a ton above average, but they are above average. And in net, in goal, they're getting average production. They're not it's not killing them. It's not driving them. Uh, goal saved above expected. Darcy Kemper, uh, their starting goaltender, ranks 23rd out of 57 qualifying goaltenders. Okay, maybe not what they would have been intended intending when they got the Stanley Cup uh, winning goaltender from last season, but 23rd out of 57. Charlie Lindgren is their backup. He's 27th out of 57. So they're getting middle-of-the-road goaltending. They're just a slightly above-average team. They're better offensively than they are defensively. That's the story on the Capitals. I think they are a good team. I think Ovechkin is still one of the best goal scorers in hockey. They've still got enough talent to where I think they are going to be a problem uh, to, to, to jump over uh, in the Eastern Conference. And because they are not in a rebuild phase, to me, they are more likely to swing a big trade to win now than the Sabres are. And if they do that at some point this year, that'll be only another advantage just in their timeline uh, when it comes to just specifically this season. So that's the capital story. We'll come back and I'll tell you who my number one threat to the Sabres is in for this playoff race. And I do believe it's the Florida Panthers. We'll talk about them when we return here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Did you know the driving high is Consider driving under the influence. That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. And friends, you know, your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Okay, let's talk about the team that I believe is the biggest threat to make the playoffs out of this playoff race. And for this playoff race, I would mostly consider the Capitals to be a part of it, the Islanders, the Red Wings, the Sabres, and the Panthers. I don't think Montreal, despite the fact they're at 33 points, is a legitimate threat. And the Rangers are in a spot at the top with 43 points, top wildcard spot, but... 
The Sabres are nine points behind them. That's a tough ask. It's a tough ask. And I think Igor Shesterkin is too good a goaltender to allow them to collapse. Uh, The the team could play poorly, and I think the goalie would keep them just above water. The Rangers, by the way, have a very good goal differential at plus 20 on the season. So those five teams, Washington, Islanders, Detroit, Buffalo, Florida. I think the number one team there is the team that of the five are currently at the bottom of the standings of those five, the lowest team is Florida with 34 points in 34 games, same amount of points as the Sabres, but they've played two more games. Some of this is reputation. Florida for the last two years has been a legitimate Stanley cup contender. They have not achieved their playoff success. They have liked, they have felt fallen to the, the lightning in back-to-back years, but Florida has been an ultra talented team and they still are an ultra talented team. They have a lot of key players. Matthew Kachuk. I mean, that's the new one, right? A big trade. They swung in the off season, kind of a blow up trade a little bit to their core. Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger being sent to Calgary, Matthew Kachuk being acquired. Now with Mackenzie Weger going out the door, the guy that's really replaced him is former Sabre Brandon Montour in an expanded role. He is having his best season as a pro. His advanced numbers are really solid, are really incredible. He's got 26 points in 32 games played. He's playing 25 minutes a night, which is right now actually one second more per night than Aaron Ekblad. So Montour, he's their number one defenseman even over Aaron Ekblad this season. He's been great. And those two have really carried the load uh, for the Panthers on the blue line. Gustav Forsling, Radko Gudas, Mark Stahl, they're really just kind of piece it together after those top two. Those top two are great, but beyond that, they have a lot of holes on their blue line. How is the Matthew Kachuk trade going? As I just mentioned, that was their big move of the offseason, to bring him in and first-round picks, Huberdo, Uyghur, just a huge huge price to pay to get him to Florida. Individually, it's going well. Kachuk has 39 points in 31 games played. That leads the team. That leads the Florida Panthers. Uh, in fact, it leads them by 11. Carter Verhage is second with 28 points. Now, part of that uh, is Sasha Barkov has missed some games, Alexander Barkov, but even Barkov, 22 points in 25 games. I mean, that maybe is the biggest thing they're missing. It's not even Huberto. It's not Uyghur because Kachuk has replaced Huberto's production and Montour has replaced Uyghur's production. What they're missing is Barkov. Barkov is under a point a game and he's missed six games. So 22 points in 25 games from a guy that last year had 88 points in 67 games. The year before that had 58 points in 50 games. 96 points in 82 games back in 2018-19. He has had a point a game or more in three of the last four seasons. This year, he's a step below it. Now, his advanced numbers look like he's fine. So maybe he's just getting unlucky. His shooting percentage is probably, you know, the key for that. I think there's positive regression coming for Barkov. 7.3% shooting percentage. Last year, he was at 18.2%. Guys don't just get three times worse at scoring goals overnight. That doesn't happen. I think Barkov is snake bit. His career average, by the way, is 13.9. I do believe his shoot shooting percentage could even double uh, by the time the season is over. So because I see positive regression coming from Barkov and their advanced numbers are really good, I think Florida is the team to beat when it comes to this final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference, assuming those top seven teams all stay in. Now, 
What are their their advanced numbers? The only one I'm really going to even point out to you here. Uh, I guess I'll look at their goaltending too, but the number one reason I think they're this good, they are an expected goals for percentage, number four in the NHL. They're fourth in the league at five on five. Their special teams has let them down. Their PDO has let them down. In fact, I had their PDO in front of me and I just closed it. Uh, Florida in PDO this year, which is shot percentage combined with save percentage. And the teams that are right at the top of the league are generally considered the most unlucky teams uh, in hockey. And the Florida Panthers in PDO are, oh, wow, I'm stunned. I'm not going to lie. I'm stunned. They're 17th, middle of the road. Okay. I'm, I'll back off it a little bit, but not all the way, because I do think the more important number there is expected goals for percentage at fourth. In fact, expected goals scored, they are second in the NHL. They are the second best offense in hockey at five on five. Uh, expected goals against, they're near close to the bottom, 12th from the bottom, uh, below average when it comes to uh, goals allowed. Now, in that, they're not getting the best production, and that's a part of this. And that's kind of crazy, given that, They've invested more in goaltending than anybody in hockey. They gave Sergei Bobrovsky a $10 million per year contract. They spent a first-round pick on goalie Spencer Knight when nobody spends first-round picks on goaltenders anymore. They did that in the same offseason. And three years later, neither of them can perform. Bar, uh, Bobrovsky this year, 895 save percentage. 895 save percentage. Uh, Spencer Knight, a 909. Save percentage. Uh, goal saved above expected. Bobrovsky ranks 32nd out of 57. Spencer Knight, 35th out of 57. So both guys are giving them below average production. And for the amount they're investing in net, that to me is the key thing that has let them down. That's the thing, though, I'm not sure will bring them back. I think Barkov will get better. I think some of their shooting percentage numbers will get better, but I'm not sure about their goaltending. Uh, and that might be the window or the opportunity the Sabres have to sneak above them uh, at the end of the year. And for now, they are above them. Um, but I think Florida is the most talented team of these five that are competing for a playoff spot. And if you were asking me right now, I would pick them. I would pick them to make up those six points. I would pick them to get back in. I think they are the most capable of going on a crazy run uh, at some point. In Florida right now, by the way, that is represented in the odds at Bet Online. Over here. It's reverse. Uh, Florida is minus 140 to make the playoffs. They are minus money. They're more likely than not to make the playoffs. And their odds are better than Washington's. Their odds are better than Washington's uh, to make the postseason. So I'm in on Florida. I think that will be the toughest team for the Sabres to stay above when it comes to um, getting that eighth playoff spot. All right. Well, uh, end things here on the show. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, stay safe. Stay warm. Don't go outside. Don't travel. Uh, just hunker down. Watch the Bills game on Saturday. Watch some football. Remember, football is going to be uh, on uh, Saturday. is going to be like Sunday because Sunday is Christmas. I know not being able to be a family for the holidays sucks, but uh, there's also some good hockey on. You can scoreboard watch, right? All these playoff teams I'm talking about. Watch the Capitals and root against them. Watch the Islanders and root against them. Maybe not them. They are the most boring team to ever watch in the world. Okay, but Detroit, Florida, 
Watch Florida and root against them. Uh, that, that'll be your sports watching homework uh, for the next couple of days. So thanks, everybody, for listening and making us your first listen every day here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Now, be sure to make your next listen Locked on Sports today. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked on Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.